Well, it's the morning after the night before. Uh, it's about 12 hours since Wales kicked off the World Cup campaign. About seven hours since I got back to my Airbnb just outside Bordeaux. Um, I haven't really slept too much in the hours in between, and I'm still not really sure what to make of Wales's uh, win over Fiji. Joined by Steph Thomas. Steph, I'm, I'm sure you're pretty much in the same boat. Uh, yeah, still trying to process what happened, really. I suppose the first thing to say is, uh, before the game, I think any Welsh fan, uh, any Welsh player, any any of the Welsh coaches would have taken that result. Um, they just had to win. didn't matter how it, how it occurred. They, they just had to get that W, and, and they did that. Um, a lot's been made about the refereeing. Um, I, think, I think, you know, I would agree that Fiji were unlucky with a lot of decisions. The referee probably should have Got a couple of well, at least one yellow card out uh, to Wales in the in the final um, ten or so minutes of that Test match. But I think on the whole, I think Wales are probably slightly the better side. They dominated the middle third of that game, um, began to play the game on on their terms, um, and then they just self self uh, hit the self destruct button, didn't they? You know, they they brought on the bench. Um, Corey Domachowski gave away a needless penalty, which resulted in a yellow card, and suddenly the under pressure and um you know Thomas Francis I thought had a had a fine game but Dylan when once Dylan Lewis came on the scrum just disintegrated and it was just a vicious circle from there and they just, just started giving away needless penalties they didn't really need to give away. So on the whole Warren Gatlin will be happy with the result but he'll know that they'll they'll need to go up a few levels if they are going to go um further in this competition. Yeah absolutely I think so much has been made about how Wales always tend to get nervous with Fiji in World Cups and comparisons are always made to that, that 2007 game in, in Nantes. Uh, and it did feel strangely similar at times. I think it felt like Wales were, were trying to almost out-Fiji Fiji. Um, particularly in our first half, they were, they were sort of really trying to throw the ball around they'd spoken in the week about tiring Fiji out with ball movement and and the kicking strategy and I think we all thought they'd, they'd probably lean more with the kicking strategy but as as it turned out they clearly wanted to move the ball around um, in the Bordeaux heat and, and try to tire Fiji out and t- I guess to an extent it worked you know they did they did they did build yeah. that lead didn't they you know it was a comfortable lead heading into that final quarter and I don't know. Maybe if their discipline doesn't fail them, you see the the the, the sort of the the benefits of the conditioning. But um, you know, once once again, it's it comes down to sort of game management in the last quarter, which has been a it's been an issue for Wales now. For I mean, re- really, the the last World Cup cycle, um, France twenty twenty one Grand Slam game, they do exactly that. They yeah. they an hour, they're brilliant, and they they build a comfortable lead. Implode at the end. Australia last year, Wayne Pivak's final game. They do just that. Brilliant for an hour. Build a comfortable lead. Implode. England, at Twickenham, uh, the warm up game yeah. again. You know, Gallon blew his top. Just about how poor their game management was at that. And, and it was it was similar here. And you know. On another day, Fiji win that. You know, how often does Semi Rodrado drop a pass in a wide channel? Yeah. 
Yeah, and also you could argue that um, maybe the long pass to Rodrigo was the wrong thing. They go for a short pass, and um, I can't remember what player it was, but whoever it was would have probably been under the post. So um, obviously Fiji got to look at themselves a little bit. You know, in terms of like Wales capitulating or nearly capitulating at the end, um, Fiji obviously um, got to take some credit in that. But I think you're right. I think it, you know you. you you, you just listed those examples there. Um, Loftus Versfeld last summer is another one, albeit some uh, shoes on the other foot then, some dis- poor decisions run against Wales on uh, on that occasion. But I think with Warren Gatland, he's, he's going to look at it and he's going to think, right, I've got this result. This was the big game in this pool. Um, and on the balance of it, there were more positives than negatives. And it gives Wales a, a strong platform to build from. They know that when they get their best game, when, when when they can impose their game as they did for large periods last night, they, they are a they are a capable side. Um, the set piece was a lot better um, early on. I thought Thomas Francis had his best game in a long time. The line out was good. Um, I think Warren Gatland probably needs to look at uh, Henry Thomas on the bench moving forward and and Nicky Smith. Um, a bit confused why he's not had more opportunities given his outstanding form for the Ospreys for the last two years. Um, so I think he, he might make some changes there. I thought um, the breakdown was a bit of an issue. Uh, Jack Morgan got through a lot of work. Obviously, everybody look at that cross kick. Um, but I think I think it's easier said than done, but Wales didn't exactly slow Fijian ball down enough. Um, I, I'd like to see a combination of Basham and Morgan uh, maybe Raffle on the bench, um, if not Raffle and Morgan. So I think that the Wales Wales needed to find a way to slow Fiji and ball down, and they didn't they didn't really do that. Um, but on the balance of play, um, I thought they won the physical battle for large periods of the game. I thought they were they were quite accurate, especially in the middle third. But then the bench came on, and as we said, they they just they just hit self destruct mode, didn't they? And Fiji very nearly took advantage of that. But on the whole. I think Gatlin would be pleased. It's international rugby, but winning, and uh, this is a very serious Fiji team. So, you know, I think on the whole, Wales would be reasonably pleased with the start they made. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah. If you have any Welsh fan, a bonus point win, five points to start the uh, the pool stage, they snapped your arm off. Um, the two points Fiji got could make it interesting down the line. You know, they'll give Australia yeah. one hell of a game next week. Um, yeah. Yeah, and this, this, this pool isn't done just yet in terms of other positives um, I think Wales' midfield worked well I think yeah. Nick Tompkins yeah. had a had a really good game it, it was it was almost sort of set up as a as like the perfect game for him because that is he is just one of those really energetic players who just it's just you know just bouncing off tackles and, and, and just sort of going in every direction and just you know, he's like someone once described him as like a Swiss Army knife player, and someone else described him as like a Duracell bunny, and he is sort of both of those things. And, and and last night's game, it just felt like everyone was playing a bit like that, and so it really suited him. So great, great pass for North Stray, you know, basically rode those two hits. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was that was pleasing. The Wales's midfield went as well as it did. Going back to the to the sort of the referee and, and Matt Carley. I mean, I see people equating the fact that 
was it Wales's tackle um, penalty count was 19 and then he had one yellow for Corey Domachowski whereas Fiji was was it seven <laughs> penalties and they also had a yellow I think where you sort of lose credibility in the argument shall we say is I know Wales rode their luck a lot in terms of repeat infringements in the red zone but you can't really bring Fiji's yellow card into it can you because that was it was blatant and you know like I think you can have an issue with Wales not being given a yellow card first half Um, well I don't know was it Elias or Will Rowlands with the sort of the no arms hit yeah, well, that if if that's deemed to be a penalty, that's probably a penalty yeah. try. I actually think Wales go away with one there. Um, the guy lost control. I don't think he grounded the ball, but I think that was. I I would have I would have wouldn't have complained if I was a Welsh fan if that was given as a penalty yeah, try. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, losing the ball, losing control is is irrelevant if it's an illegal tackle, isn't it? Because you take the man out of the um. Mm. Uh, the yeah. equation. I think there was um. I, I to be fair, I didn't see it from the press box, but I saw a lot of um people taking issue with a with a potential high shot from bigger in the first half. And then again, um, you know, sort of just before the the Fiji yellow was that period where um Wales were under red zone pressure in the second half, where again they had a they had a sort of final warning, and it. I mean, I I thought a card was coming out because it just felt like. You know, that was another penalty in that in that instance. It just felt like a card was coming out, and all, and all we got was a, was a warning. So it did. Yeah, I can see why people are frustrated with some of the decisions by Matt Carley. You know, you look at over the course of the eighty minutes. Um, I'll try my best to watch some of the game back this morning, and I would agree with the criticism. I think we should have had a yellow card in the final five or so minutes. I think there was an argument for a penalty try. Um, early on with the Ryan Elias, no arms, well, potential no arms tackle. But the breakdown, you know, obviously I, I made the comment about the breakdown. I think Wales failed to, easier said than done, of course, but maybe failed to really slow Fiji's ball down. But I didn't think the breakdown was refereed that accurately either. You know, Fiji were always off their feet in from the side. Um, you know, so that's, I suppose, the, the point I'm trying to And there's a few ice shots on them as well. Um, but it didn't really fit the narrative, does it? But I think I think the the point I'm making is yes, I, f- I fully agree. The wheel should have a yellow at the end. Um, I actually think it probably should have been a penalty try in the first half. But over the course of the 80 minutes, of course, those were big decisions. But it's almost as if Fiji were saint-like throughout. But when they weren't, they were pretty ill-disciplined at the breakdown. The ref weren't picking well. They weren't ill-disciplined because they weren't getting picked up on it, but Wales, they, they were in from the side a lot, off their feet a lot, which probably is one of the reasons Wales couldn't sort of slow them down at the breakdown. And you do what you can get away with, but the point I'm trying to make is over the course of the 80 minutes, um, there were some poor decisions against both sides. Perhaps they were slightly worse against Fiji, but when, when people are emotional after the game and their team has lost or a team they like has lost. They they concentrate on two one or two big decisions um, later on in the game, whereas a game of rugby is 80 minutes, not the whole thing. So I would agree with some of the criticism of Matthew Carley, but um, as I said, I think on the whole, I think Wales were were the better side and probably deserved to win the game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, spoke a bit about sort of 
how Wales looked decent in attack. I think there were some really nice sort of starter plays. You know that that opening try was worked really well. Again for Nick uh, for George North to try in in the second half. Defensively, it was one hell of an effort. I think I don't know if the the tackle stats yeah. have been revised. I haven't looked, but two hundred forty eight tackles from Wales. That's a that's a World Cup record. Just just a just a ridiculous effort. You know, Mike Forshaw spoke in the week about how you sort of you stop Fiji and you know it, it is it's a balancing act of being aggressive, but also knowing that they're going to get behind you and you've got to be ready to scramble. I think Wales did a obviously conceded four tries, but they did a they did a good job of it. Yeah, um, I think they were a bit disappointed with some of the defence in the first half. They missed uh, missed quite a few tackles. There was one occasion, well, direct, led directly to. Uh, Fiji's, I think it was a second try where um, Dan Bigger and Aaron Wainwright both missed um, uh, the same the same attacker, which you know international rugby should should make those tackles. So there were one or two times that Fiji were well, more than one or two times. There were a few occasions where Fiji broke the line, but obviously you look at the Fijian side, the athletes they got, um, they got some phenomenal athletes, and they probably could have done that to any side. But I think. I think Wales' scramble defence was was outstanding. I think their their defence on the line, um, goal line uh, defence, uh, especially towards the end of the game and, and early in the first half, um, sorry later on in the first half was was outstanding. You know, Sean Edwards have been proud of that. So I think on on the whole, they you know there's a few glitches, but they they'd be happy with the defence. Um, I, I agree with what you said. I think Nick, Nick Tompkins had his best game for Wales. Uh, I thought I thought he had the better Sammy Rodradra. Rodradra looked dangerous with ball in hand, but Tompkins opened him up on more than one occasions with his uh, smart passing game. I think he um, Rodradra bought, um, you know, I think bought his dummy earlier on, um, bit in on Tompkins, and then they put a subtle pass in for for North to go through. Um, eventually led to Josh Adams' first try and a couple of phases later, and obviously I think it was Tompkins' pass up for North straight through for I think it was Wales' second try. Um, he also tackled himself to a standstill as well. Yeah. And there was one moment, I think, really in the second half. He had a bit of help, but he slammed the Fijian defender into um, Fijian attacker into um, into touch. Um, and he was really good ball in hand. What, what he was good at was he was playing the game 100 miles an hour and he was good at making decisions and sort of changing his mind when it needed to be made and, and reading the play, um, which is hard to do when the game is played 100 miles an hour and you're absolutely knackered and you know, when you're playing literally in a furnace and in that stadium, um, you know, with, with big Fijian defenders trying to take your head off. So I, I thought he was outstanding all round. Um, and I think that, you know, North, there was one or two things he could have done better, but on the whole, I think he, he played well. And I think that centre partnership, because before the tournament, I made the point that in previous World Cups, they had established centre partnerships like uh, um, John and Davis and Robbers, Parks and Davis, etc. But I think now these two have, have put their best foot forward and they deserve a chance to grow. And I think we've we've clearly seen Wales' stronger centre partnership out there in the field and hopefully they um, they get another opportunity um, next week and, uh, and in the Australia game. You keep them then for Portugal? Because what, what, what do you think Wales will do with Portugal? Um, I mean, what sort of changes do you make? I mean, Dan, Dan Big is um, obviously, he came off last night. He's been struggling with back spasms a little bit. That could be one area you change, maybe give Costello... He won't play. He won't play against Portugal if he's got yeah. back spasms. They won't. Risk, but I'm just interested. How, how many sort of changes do you make for that game? I, I mentioned I'd keep the centre because I want. I want them to. Um, 
well, if I was coach, I would look for them to sort of um, get a bit more um, more cohesion, you know, um, keep, you know, just so that it can keep growing and growing, um, even if it's just one half. But I, th- I think you'd make a few changes. I think cost flow will start at 10. Um, the interesting thing is what what's he going to do with Gareth Anscombe? When is he going to be to be fit? Because if if he's fit, isn't Portugal a perfect game to play in? Yeah. You'd have thought. Um, I know disrespect to Portugal. It's very difficult to see Wales losing that game or coming close to losing it. So if Anscombe's fit, he might he might look to to play him. Perhaps I think. Um, up front, uh, you know, I, I, I want to see Nicky Smith and Henry Thomas. Um, I'm a bit baffled why Thomas hasn't had, had, um, had a, wasn't on the, sorry, wasn't on the bench yesterday. I understand, you know, Dylan Lewis brings a jackal threat and he's, he's quite dynamic around the park, but I think a scrummage leaves a lot to be desired. So I'd like to see Smith and, um, uh, Thomas. Um, I imagine Leak will come back in. Uh, I think he said yesterday he's going to be fit for the, for the Portugal game. Yeah. Uh, Dav Jenkins, he might want to give a go to. So I, I think he'll make a few changes. Um, uh, trying to think elsewhere. Um, Rio Dyer might have a start as well. But I, I, don't, I don't think he, he, he want to totally change his team. But I think there'll be five or six, uh, maybe five uh, five changes, and he'd change the bench a little bit. I mean, I, I, I think similar. To be honest, I don't think I don't think he'll make massive changes. I could see someone like Mason Grady coming in. I think the game is a Portugal game is set up for him. I think he he just like he's raw at test level, but he has got the attributes. And it's a bit like you know you look yeah. look back to say twenty eleven Scott Williams playing against that Fiji team, and um, I think it was Namibia as well. Four yeah, five, and it? It, it, it's just one of those games where you put someone in like that who. It's a bit raw, but if they've got the right attributes, they can cause they can just run right in games like that. And I think Mason Grady could be yeah. that sort of player. That's the thing with this this World Cup is 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 the games are so spread out. You know, you've got a week between games now. There's no four day turnarounds anymore. I mean, this is a six day turnaround, ironically, actually for for Wales. It's one of their shortest turnarounds. Maybe he'll make changes then for the sake of making changes. But I don't know. We'll wait. We'll wait and see. Um, I mean, the squad will head out to head down to Nice today and. Um, yeah, it'll be a nice training week for them. Having kicked off their World Cup with a win. So there we have it. Wales' World Cup is well and truly underway. It wasn't always uh, easy, but in many ways, the perfect start to their time in France. Five points on the board, a win over Fiji. And uh, we'll be back later in the week for more news, updates and reaction from Wales' World Cup campaign.